0: Gentlemen, I sell products. I'm not advertising.
1: Let's sell this shit.
2: All right, all right. We have a great episode with a man named David Moore. I'm just going to tell you about him really quick as it relates to the Gush update. But essentially, he is a bigwig. He has uh, ran... Agencies. He started his own agency. He focuses on B two B marketing, and he's recently started one that's uh, kind of like MBZ. If you listen to the last episode, they're one of the only you know agencies that's focused on helping to market other agencies. Uh, so he has a mastery of positioning, just like the people I interviewed in the last episode, and he had some ideas that I haven't heard before. And some comments on a new position that we had uh, to reintroduce ourselves beyond just this cool shit thing. So if you're catching up, basically, I have pivoted this agency so many times over the course of this podcast. Uh, But the longest positioning I had was Funny Makes Money. It was a comedy ad agency. People got it right away. It was like the only one that was doing that, which is absolutely what you want with positioning. The problem is when Javier came on, you know, we started to do branding and the branding that we do, you know, it's not always right to do comedy. Sometimes you do a bunch of research and all that sort of stuff and, you know, you're like comedy is right, uh, but sometimes you do it and it's not. You should do something else. So for that reason, we wanted to change how we are positioning ourselves to not put ourselves in this little niche and also to allow ourselves to do work that we like to do that isn't comedy. The problem is it's weaker positioning. And I don't necessarily think this is good, but we became an agency all about cool shit. We make cool shit for brands. When people see something they like, they say, oh, that's cool shit. When the, you know, people in advertising come up with an idea they like, they say, that's cool shit. People want cool shit for themselves. But all we've gotten since... Putting that out there is that that's not good. You know, we've gotten pushback about it's pretty try hard, which I agree. We're saying shit, so we're edgy. And it's also, it isn't clear enough who we're for, and it isn't clear enough why cool shit will get businesses and prospective clients what they want. And so then we started kicking around some other ideas. And what we found was originality really is the thing that drives everything we do. We just never want to make something that feels the same as somebody else. We, whether it's an idea to promote ourselves or a pitch, you know, we always come to the table with the third idea that you have in a deck that you don't think a client is going to make, but is your favorite. We always put that out there and we won't put something safe out there. We would rather not do it and back out than do something that doesn't feel original and different and like, risky, but like still strategic and smart. That That's essentially where we, where we come from. And so obviously originality isn't the sexiest word. And so we were trying to think of different ways to describe it. And we came to this word that we like, which is unusual. And that's because, you know, it has a negative connotation, but the definition of a unusual is remarkable or interesting because different from or better than others. And that's exactly what we believe and what we strive to do. And you know, I think I'm kind of unusual. I think Javier uh, is kind of unusual. He agrees. We do have a bit of an unusual process or can like massage our process to feel more unusual. Our work is unusual. All the stuff that we appreciate and like and want to showcase outside of our own work on our Instagram or whatever is unusual. So figuring out how to use that word and make it come through in everything we do, is a good area of focus for us. And I think, I think we might do it. It's at least better than what we have. And I think what we need to figure out now is who our target consumer is and how are we communicating the power of being unusual in our case studies and in everything else we do. And one of the things that David helped me out with on this episode is – an unusual way to go out and make contact with prospective clients we want to work with and got, you know, got the gears turning on that last thing. And I probably should have addressed this first. We have a theme song. (laughs) Is it, was it a smart investment? Do we know how we're going to use it? No, no, not at all. But we have a theme song. It's not a jingle. We think businesses can have theme songs too, it's done by this band I really like that makes business music for businesses. They have a song for, like, every application in the Microsoft suite. They're called Mobile Steam Unit. You should absolutely check them out. But I reached out to them. I was like, we want a theme song. And they were like, no problem. And you just got to hear a little snippet of it. If you stick around to the end, we're going to play the full song so you can hear it all. Uh, and, yeah, we did it. Anyways, let's get started. David Moore. One of the things that we've been trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out how to position ourselves, basically, as an agency. And as soon as you get to a point where you're offering a lot of different things and have a lot of different creative capabilities, all of a sudden, you're essentially, it feels like you're saying the same thing that everybody else is saying, but you're trying to do it in a more compelling way. And um, so we, we have like three directions that... I wanted to talk to you about because you you're really good I mean, you're good at a couple of different things, and I don't want to touch on all of them, but one of the things you're really good at is helping marketing companies market themselves, right? That's the plan. yeah. yeah. all right, so you want to hear you want to hear them? yeah. sound of a pitch The first one uh has gotten the most pushback and that's essentially all around this idea of cool shit. So we basically, whenever somebody sees something that they like, we always describe it as, oh, that's cool shit. Mm-hmm. So we're we're kind of positioning ourselves as like, we make cool shit for brands, whether that's branding or packaging, like everything feels like we have the case studies to back it up. Everything feels like cool shit. Like If somebody looks at it, they'd be like, oh, that's cool shit. I want that too. So that's the first one. Just want to get a gut check from you on that.
0: Cool shit is, uh, you know, it's fun, it's distinctive, but it's also so uh, vague and subjective. Like, what the hell is it? Plus, it doesn't really tell me what you do for me. Oh, you make cool shit. That's about you.
2: Yep. Yep. What's what's in it for me as a potential client? Okay. All right. So that's the that's the first one. And why how about this? As an example, why don't you provide, you know, one of the ways that you've positioned yourself over the years, whether it's now with what you're doing or something else that you feel really good about and, and accomplish is what you think is important? There's
0: a couple of different ways to go
2: about positioning yourself as a marketing agency or an ad
0: agency. It's either what you do, meaning we make ads, we make digital ads, we make TV, we do social media or whatever. It's who you do it for, meaning there's a channel that we're going to work in. We know this really, really well. We don't work outside of this space. We're we're dive into this, or the other way to do it, the position yourself is probably the hardest. You have some kind of unique way that you do it, meaning. We have a very special process. We have a, a group of elves we keep in the back room and you know we and we feed them uh, feed them dope and and throw so the project in there and see what comes out. When I ran the agency, we focused exclusively in building products, everything it takes to uh, build a home or a business, from the tools to the materials, all of that. And what happened very quickly, we had clients coming to us without having to pitch, without having to knock on the doors. They were coming to us on a national basis, saying, "Hey, yeah, you guys are some of the leaders in this space." That worked until that industry collapsed. Uh, you know, that was that was the bad part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've just launched, I mean, like just in the last week or two, but I've been talking about it for years, is advertising for ad agencies. Yep, right. I believe that's something that there's a huge potential for because you're defining what it is we do and who we do it for. So that's another way to go about it. So, yep, this is what I do. You bring me your soft drink. Nope, I don't do that. Bring me your industrial widget. Nope, don't do that. Now I do do that because the other part of that site is B2B marketing
2: is purely strategic insights for B2B marketers. That's the other thing I've got going. Okay, all right. So that makes a lot of sense and I haven't ever thought about it like that. So, I'm I'm going to still share these other two, but I think what we might find is that we're just going about things incorrectly because we're trying to be a lot. We're trying to offer a lot of different things and figure out our target audience as we go and the next one, and I don't know what like the line would be when you go on the website, but it's essentially we make brands unusual. Everything is unusual. So, we were like looking at the cool shit thing and I realized that to us, cool shit, every single thing boils down to originality something that's different hasn't been done before and is done well and you know with with every case study we have we feel like we can say you know the world's first brand that is completely fluid or like you know different things like that and so well, i was trying to figure out a way to express that that felt you know a little bit sexier and different than just like originality advertised or whatever And that's when I came to unusual and I was, I was surprised by the definition of unusual because it has sort of a negative spin to it, but it's defined as remarkable or interesting because different from or better than others. And that is a hundred percent what we believe. And, you know, we, we want to make the case, okay, we have an unusual process, which we need to justify. We are really unusual people. I think we hire unusually. We hire comedians with no copywriting talent. We, you know, we find people in and outside the industry. Uh, We think our work is really unusual. Personally, I always find the best brands are the ones that can be boiled down to a word, whether that's fluid or frustration or whatever, because it could get so complex that having a simple root is great. As long as that, that word is, is different. And so unusual feels differentiated to us. In fact, just to have it, we were able to trademark the name Unusual. There's no agency called Unusual, and maybe there's a reason for that. Right now, we're Gush, and I love that name, but there's it to us, Unusual is interesting. How does that feel? I like Unusual. Unusual is good, and I love your idea of boiling things down to
0: the word, but I still want you to figure out how to turn it around rather than talk about you. What is it that somebody gets from you and try to understand why a client or a prospect wants unusual. So for example, this new venture I have is called Kingswood and Palmerston. At its core, it's calling it the CMO's secret weapon. Because what we're saying is, I don't have to be your agency of record. We understand that you have a lot of pressure on you. The average job tenure of a CMO is like 24.5 months and we're promising, let's make it 24.6. The idea is that we can be your secret weapon, and then position it as we're here's a fixed price, and here's what you get. It's not some open-ended agency relationship. or in, or out. You get the idea. That we can solve that nagging problem, that stone in your shoe. So we're promising that we can do this one thing. We're not saying we're everything to everybody. So when you're saying you're unusual, unusual advertising or whatever it is, which is a cool idea because it perks my ears up and makes like, oh really? And then number one, I want you to prove it, and I want you to say why do I want that.
2: Uh, why would somebody, why would somebody want that? I guess in my mind, it's people want to stick out from the crowd, whether or not a client actually approves work. They always are like, you know, make me uncomfortable. They say that shit and then they go with the vanilla route, but. Everyone does this week. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, we're, we're all used to it. So is it, you know, if we have a headline on the site, is it about connecting the dots between. Unusual and how that gets you attention, or you know, what's the what's so so for um, and I'm gonna butcher
0: which agency it was, I don't remember now if it was AMV or BBH. They did this really iconic campaign for
2: Levi's
0: back in the day, and it's become their icon. It's a field of sheep, and there's one
2: black sheep in there. Oh, yeah, 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 that's BBH,
0: yeah, and but that is a quick demonstration of why. Unusual is beneficial because when you say that we do the unusual, and you show an image like that where there's that one thing, then a client or a prospect can say they'll complete the, the dot and go, Oh, yeah, because I want to stand out because I don't want to be like everyone else.
2: I also had the idea of like every case study shows like a shelf and there's all the other products, and then ours is in the center and it looks different. That kind of brings me to the last one I wanted to pitch your way, which is. Well, there's kind of two, but um one of them is we get brands attention or something about getting people attention. The reason that feels authentic and interesting to us is me and my partner are both middle children. We've been trying to get attention our entire lives, which made us pretty good at it, you know. And then you can get into the point of like we think stuff we make is attention grabbing because it's different. Everything that we would show on like an Instagram or something like that is attention grabbing, whether it's our stuff or somebody else's. You know, if we were to do a print ad and it didn't get somebody to stop and look, we wouldn't put it up. And, you know, we would need like case studies, I think, with PR, but that was another route, which maybe connects a little bit more to something that clients and prospects know that they want, which is attention.
0: Yes. I like, it. I like the way you explain it. The challenge becomes, well, isn't that the goal of? any ad agency that I hire, mm-hmm. but but that's where I can come back to your unusual. At least there are agencies that will, everybody says, Oh, we're creative. This and that, but really what they're going to do is they're going to deliver you um, work that fits the category, which is fine and safe and comfortable for lots of people because that's what they want. But you're promising unusual. That's something it's like uh, my great reference to the Monty Python skit. No one expects the Spanish inquisition, you know, it's like mm-hmm. that, that, unusual the thing that seems so out of context because that's what's fascinating we love that as as people we want to see i think it's in us uh primarily you know when, when we were trying to survive on the uh, on, on the savannah when you see anything unusual your eye goes to it everything is all the same you kind of yeah it's forgettable it's safe it's that one thing because it it's either is it going to eat meat or can i eat it
2: mm. or, there's one other in there but we won't mention that right now. <laughs> but, all right, so it sounds like unusual is interesting. The last idea that we had, it, it's really functional. We just thought it was an interesting idea, maybe it's a way to explain things somewhere. But um, you know, if we're for startups, or really any any company there's like product differentiation and brand differentiation, but product differentiation is truly like, I'm not going to say impossible, but like very difficult. Every market for the most part is saturated. People try to say they're they're different, but they're really not. There's a million CBD products out there and people are entering that market, different ripoffs of white clot, like all that stuff. It's really hard to find something that's genuinely different. And so while everybody is more focused on winning on product differentiation, and there's a lot of competition in trying to articulate what makes you different. There aren't a lot of people, particularly in the startup space, but there aren't a lot of people trying to invest in and win on the branding front, it feels like. So what if we were an agency that like just leverages the power of brand differentiation over product differentiation and makes that point? It's, it's, it's less exciting. And, and again, it's not, Different. Yeah. It's not unusual. I mean, I just pitched that the other
0: day to somebody saying, hey, look, everybody in your category is doing the same thing. The really only difference is going to be the branding and the advertising. So don't try to follow best practices
2: and do what everyone else does. Okay. All right. So it feels like unusual is like a pretty interesting territory for us to play in.
0: I, I like unusual, but I like, the, so I listened to your uh, podcast and I, so what happened to the comedy agency? What happened to Funny?
2: Oh man. I mean, that was, that was great. I totally get that. That was like totally different. People got that right away. The problem is we aren't just making funny work. I would say a fourth of our work is funny. We could go back to funny, but we would love, like we do a lot of branding and like launching and relaunching brands you know, comedy isn't always the right answer for everybody. You know, we could go back to the comedy angle, which would be very clear. The problem is we want to give ourselves the flexibility to do other things we would love to. And sometimes, you know, we'll take on a client and we'll be like, I don't know if comedy is the right thing here. And we're already like this far into the strategy. And we maybe figured that out that the real point of differentiation might be better served by something else. That's- more aspirational or something like that.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that, but that's something you can own. Look look at what Cliff Freeman did. Did you ever see a warm tender Cliff Freeman uh, ad? No. Like, yeah, of course. People would flock to him for that, but it takes time to build that. And I think that's the other part. When you're doing a startup, when you're doing, you know, you're just kind of getting out, you know, it's it, sometimes it's anything for a buck. I'll take anything on because
2: I need to keep feeding the beast. But uh, I, I liked the funny is money idea. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I appreciate that. I guess if there's a way for us to be able to have the flexibility to find the right solution, because one of the one of the pushbacks that we got, they didn't disagree with, is you know sometimes you have a an opportunity, and you know you're a doctor, you don't just go in with a scalpel right away. You kind of sure. diagnose the problem, and then you figure out the the right solution. And I think we, that's what we want to. Be able to do. We love doing comedy, and comedy is awesome. And you know, some of our case studies are are meant to be funny, but you know, we also like doing the other stuff as well. And so, you know, we could we could carve out a niche really clearly in a way that's super differentiated, or we could try and you know at least sound more interesting in our self branding and have more interesting case studies. That gives us the flexibility of doing branding that's a little bit more flexible. I guess, and that's the ideal.
0: You you can. I mean, coming back to your doctor analogy, you know, uh, yeah. If you bring a surgeon in, he's always going to recommend surgery. But at the same time, if you go to a surgeon and what you need is an ENT, he's going to send you to an ENT. But if he's a really good surgeon and you need surgery, you're going to go and you'll pay whatever it takes. You'll get in line and you will wait because that's the right thing. Or if you don't need anything special, you can just go see a general physician. Like yeah, whatever. I'm not going to pay a lot for it. It's convenient it's good enough. So do you want to be a good enough agency or do you want to be the one where people say, yep, these are the guys. I can compete on a national stage because that's all you do.
2: Do you think there's a way to give ourselves the flexibility of being a branding company that can do comedy and can do something serious, can do something that's premium and isn't funny at all?
0: I think there's an opportunity. I think it comes into... How you position yourselves in your outreach. So, tell you the story. When I had the agency and we were focused in building the home improvement product, that was our outreach. That was what we were going out saying, this is what we do. If somebody came to us with another project, we'd be like, okay, we you know, kind of quietly take that in. But what we were able to do was through the building products, we were able to build also a really strong strategic development process this is how it goes it you know every agency has one we had ours and it was working it was replicable and then we were able to take that process and start growing out of that category mm, yeah but we built the success by focusing building something really strong and then taking it back out rather than just saying we're anything for anybody because when, when you're doing that you're
2: now competing on price. What about BBH, right? They're able to say we're the black sheep and they found a unique way of showing it. Could we do that? Yeah, I think you could.
0: That's where unusual kind of fits because under that umbrella, comedy is unusual in some categories. There's an agency that you should I really track down like comedy, A place called Brokaw, B-R-O-K-A-W. They're a small agency in Cleveland, Ohio. They have a, a humorous campaign for a local cemetery. Oh, nice. No no pun intended. It's killer. It it, it is wonderful. And it is so different for the category. So back to you, it's unusual. You know, it's going to be something unexpected.
2: So like, just as an example of a case study, and this one is meant to be funny, but there's a golf training aid company that we work for and we position them as making the hardest sport less hard and focusing entirely on frustration. Like the insight is essentially like people who love golf also hate it. You know, like it's the most frustrating, challenging, unforgiving sport, and that's kind of what they love about it. But they will lose their shit. Everybody on every round, for the most part, is saying "fuck" on average like six times. You know, whatever. And so the packaging says "fuck" on the outside, and it says "fuck my swing sucks." Uh, and then the the product that fixes that problem. Or we we shot with like a Phantom super slow motion camera. People breaking clubs over their knees and like starting to say fuck in slow motion and just like having fun with this frustration. And there's nobody in the category that focuses on that exclusively and in that way. So it does feel like we do find an unusual point of entry and then try and execute that really well. I think that the question you need to ask yourself though, is what
0: kind of, I mean, I like
2: that. So I'm
0: moving ahead. Like, okay, cool. Great. Got that. announcement. What, um, uh, kind of clients are you
2: trying to reach? Who, who is your ideal client? And if you say everybody, we're going to going to hit end on this call right now. Don't hit end on the call, but I think that's what we're trying to figure out. That's kind of why I'm having these conversations. That's why we're starting to think about it because ultimately the dream client is just somebody who's willing to do that. Who's like genuinely willing to like make work that's like weird or makes them uncomfortable. We had another positioning that was like, will make you uncomfortable. It's all about like making the client uncomfortable. And, you know, what we like about it is, is clients think they want that and then they say no. So, you know, it resonates with them. They're like, awesome. But then, you know, maybe it progresses into something else. So if I'm being honest, that's where we'd like to focus is like clients they are down to do that. And so that ends up being earlier stage companies, probably, I think you know for now we're just focusing on branding stuff and kind of the things that come out of that. So we launch brands or and maybe it's in parentheses and there's a re, you know, we've had opportunities to relaunch brands or launch brands kind of from the ground up and take them all the way through the process until we pass them on to like a growth marketer or somebody that's actually going to take that creative and turn it into sales.
0: So I think that's what you need to do is as much as you can
2: define
0: who your best prospect is going to be, which means inevitably saying no
2: to some. Absolutely. Okay. So as an agency, how do you get out there and attack? Or, or are, is that something that you're, you're thinking about for getting yourself out there?
0: We are, I'd say, just starting this week. And it's been a lot of um, yeah, focusing on who are the clients? Who do we want to reach? And it isn't everybody. Um, and I don't need your whole business. I'm happy to take one little piece of it. And I'll happy to quietly take it and you can get all the, Mr. CMO, you can get all the glory. There's none of this. You know, I don't need my name on
2: it. I don't, no one needs to know finding those people and connecting with them. Okay. So talk to me about your, what your new business process is going to be. So who's your, who's your ideal, you know, client? And then how do you go out and try and make connections with that client and close deals? So it's um, B2B marketers, somebody with enough
0: money that they actually Invest in marketing, somebody with a problem, not anybody who's, ha- who's fat and happy. We've got a couple of categories that my partner and I have some pretty deep experience in. So what we're doing right now is going through, okay, here's an industry category. Here are the players in that category. Here are the individuals at those companies and then crafting an outreach to them. One of the ways that we're trying to do it that stands as being unusual is you are going to send them a piece of mail. How many emails do you get every day and you hit delete? When's the last time you got a piece of mail or package mm-hmm. addressed directly to you? How do you get that? How do you get their addresses? Find the companies. They have addresses. Oh most every company has a headquarters. If you individually address a package or an envelope to that individual
2: at that company, it will get to them. Have you done this before and gotten results? Yeah. Oh man, what a secret weapon. That's amazing. It is
0: because it, it fits with you. It's unusual. If everybody is doing this and you don't have the budget to do that. You need to go over here and do something else.
2: What we were thinking about was getting a billboard and it could be, you know, target. I, I don't know if it's like we go outside Y Combinator where they have funding. I, I don't I don't know. But what you're saying is really interesting because I think what we should, maybe what our focus is, we take an industry where we have a case study or a lot of case studies. For instance, we think we have a good wine case study where the labels are great, the branding is very clear, the messaging is very clear, and we go to a wine expo or something like that, buy billboard space, and then put our message out there addressing winemakers.
0: That would be amazing if you could do that. You know, you go to like you said, whatever their trade show is, is there an outdoor, is there transit,
2: is there you know,
0: something that you can do that is going to get
2: their attention? What are additional ways that you've promoted yourself in the past that have worked and maybe some that haven't worked?
0: One of the things that it did really successfully was the agency wanted a, a capabilities brochure. This is kind of a classic, we want the standard thing to send to prospects, right? And I said, oh my God, that's, that's horrible. It's all about you. I don't want to be hired to to execute something. I want to get paid for the value, which is the ideas. So we did a quarterly magazine called POV. It was all about our point of view on topics in the industry. No hard sell. Here's what we think. And I want to come out and say something that is possibly controversial Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, gets attention. And then we would there was one spread in every quarterly issue that had some of the work that we'd done. Here's some the brands, here's some of our recent work, blah, blah, blah. So we'd mail that to prospects. It would be part of a new business pitch. But I would, at the time, I went to a lot of trade shows in the industry. And I would go and I would find there's always a marketing person at the trade show booth, especially on the first day. And I would go to the booth, chat them up a little bit, tell them, hey, I specialize, you know, agency specializes in this category. And they would go, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then I'd bring up the, a, out the magazine leave this with you and open it to the spread that had the brand names the work all these name categories and suddenly they go oh you really do do this don't you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we had did a case study mailer sort of just a simple piece of foam core that was about three or four inches tall and about 17 inches long so and it came into somebody's inbox it actually physically stood out of the inbox yeah And, and that was the message we're going to make your brand stand out." We did one for a client where they wanted their RFP to get noticed. Like, you want to package the RFP, we need to call attention. And it was all about some back office automation that they would do. So we packaged it in a box of 20 pounds of nuts and bolts. And when FedEx dropped that on the desk, boom, it got noticed. Those kind of things stand out. What was the delivery fee on that? We only sent five of them. So I don't know, <laughs> probably, you know 50 bucks a piece, but you know, the, the contractor
2: is worth millions. So they were willing to invest in it to stand out that's great. yeah, it feels like mail is is a very overlooked thing and it it definitely shouldn't be this is actually hugely helpful. Uh, I just want to like definitely say that up front this is very, very helpful. So let's just go f- full circle before we wrap up. So we're in a position where we could change our name. let's say unusual is the thing. We just need to figure out a way to express it so that we look different and client will understand it right away uh, like our equivalent of a BBh thing that isn't similar. Should we change our name to unusual or should we keep our name as gosh and just figure out a way to leverage the idea of unusualness? I think if you've
0: got any brand equity in your name, you can keep it. I mean, for example, coming back to BBH, BBH had said nothing with being standout. It was what they did
2: with it. You can throw any name on it
0: and then it's how you actually act.
2: Yep. Let's say we have no brand equity and we're we're starting again do you think it would be better to be named unusual? Not certain. It really
0: matters that much. Okay, just, cool. I mean, what's great is that it's a single syllable. It's evocative. It's got emotion to it. There's a lot of feeling in it.
2: So I, I like that. All right. All right. That's fair. If you were to leave me with like one piece of advice that you learned along the way that really helped you, you know, somebody else taught you or it was a hard lesson that you learned yourself? I think
0: the biggest one, it was the best advice I ever got in my life that My personal life and it applies to my professional life is don't believe your own bullshit.
2: So that's about the narratives that you create in your own head, imposter syndrome, or or just shit like that. It's all in your head.
0: Whenever you hit this, wait a minute. I'm telling myself something like, oh, this is absolutely guaranteed. It's going to work. I'm brilliant. Doesn't mean don't do it, but make sure that you
2: think it through. So it goes, it goes both ways. It goes both ways.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't
2: believe your own bullshit. That voice
0: is the, the voice inside your head is sometimes lying to
2: you. Yep. Ain't that the truth?
0: Here's my last piece of advice to you. I do have a a, a plan on how to build a great ad agency, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's the exact opposite of what a CEO I worked for had. He and I were diametrically opposed. He was all about how much money can we make? I said, no, start by creating a good environment. And, when you have a, and by environment, I don't mean a cool place with the uh, foosball tables and that <clears> place <throat> where it's okay to, have fun, take risks, be brutally honest with your creative partner. If you have a great environment. You'll attract great people. Great people in a great environment will make great work. Great work will attract great clients. And at the end of that, you will be making money. You will be succeeding. If you start with the goal of how much money can I make, you will end up making compromises every step along the way. Mm-hmm. You want to enjoy it. You want to have fun.
2: That's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good point. um good thing we're creatively led so we make poor financial decisions in the short run all the time all
0: agencies should be creatively led.
2: yeah i agree that's that's what we do yep all right david thanks thanks for uh having me on you bet i'll talk to you later man have a great day all right you too all right i told you it was a good conversation just want to thank david so much for giving me his knowledge for free uh it's really not fair that i'm getting all this information but hopefully. If you guys are in a situation where you can use help positioning your agency or you're a B2B business who could use his help in marketing, you know, to get new clients in the B2B space, he's a great guy to do it and he's definitely worth checking out. And I promised that I would play the full song that we made for ourselves. So I'm going to do that right now and stop talking. Talk to you guys later.
0: Gentlemen, I sell products not advertising.
1: Let's sell this shit. It's a crowded ball with attractive lighting. There's a gentleman. We can see he's smiling at the guy that sat down in the purple gown. Flags the barman over, orders crown royale. And that's when we know this is an ad.
0: This is an advertisement.
1: There's a sandy beach and a cloudless sky and a sold-out concert and a gorgeous bride and a ring on her finger that begins to slide but then the Chevy Tahoe kicks to overdrive That's when we know this is not bad This is an advertisement Gush, gush, advertising sucks We suck the little less, yeah, that's what's up.